Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Hello, Angie Austin here. Yes, along with friends Michelle Ron, author and Miss Senior America 2004, former teacher, and Robbie Yopes, former teacher and currently author and speaker as well. Hello. Ooh, good uh, good Hello. morning. Hi. Great to be here. It's like afternoon. Oh, That's okay. Something is like it? that. Oh, you know, I love your shirt. Look all at day you. is morning to me. <laughs> wow. Look at you. That means coffee. Good. All I can day. do coffee. Exactly. All right. I feel good today. Normally getting up at 3 a.m., I feel horrible. Oh, 3 a.m. Imagine. No, I can't either. It does yeah. make you feel weird to wake up that early. That's You're for ready sure. for dinner. You're yeah, ready right. for dinner. Yeah, right. I do. I do yeah. have dinner around yep. four. Yep. All right. I've got a couple of good news stories for you. One is on adoption. It is beautiful. I think it might bring a little tear to your eye. Uh, another one on a kind-hearted cop. Super good news story. And then uh, Robbie is going to add in a good news story. But I, Robbie, I wanted to start with you. Now that you're, you and your husband are doing a um, a ministry, uh and it's about, you know, getting relationships, marriages back together. Yes. Uh, caught in his arms. That's and right. And the book is caught. Um, I have come across a couple, well, four instances now where friends are either getting a divorce or about to get a divorce. And in one particular case, the friend just told me, well, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm done. And I said, uh, okay. Um, I said, one thing that um, I kind of feel in my heart is you, you have to earn your way out. There has to be like, you've done every single thing Absolutely. in your power, I especially like if you have philosophy. children and you have to earn your way out. That means everything in your power that you can do to make it work, you have tried. Especially if you have to look your kid in the face and say, I did everything I could to make it work. And totally agree. Yeah, everything. And so um, I found out she he, he, he doesn't even know she's done. I said, well, what, what, what do you mean he doesn't know that you're done? She goes, well, I haven't told him. Mm. I said, you mean you are so fed up in this relationship after all these years, like 16 years, you're so fed up that you don't even tell him that you're starting to get fed up so he has a chance to possibly work on it. Like, I really feel we owe it to people to communicate with them. And if we're not happy, uh, first of all, I just want people to know that your spouse, in particular your husband, cannot read your mind. Mm. Yes. And um, mm -hmm. <laughs> she did go through with me numerous situations that were not, Mm, you know, very promising uh, in terms of his behavior. Right. Um, but with that said, I said, you still have to let him know that you're about ready to take the plunge for divorce. And can you give anything a shot trying to work it out? Absolutely. Part of earning it is getting outside help. Yes. You know, if you are stuck in a bad relationship, then how is it going to be magically better if you don't do something different? And different often means uh, counseling, a pastor, a group, a seminar, something. Yeah, magically. I love that word, by the way, magically. It, it, magically delicious. I always think of that. But anyway, <laughs> I do love Skype. And Michelle, you're next. I do love Skype because I think men don't like to go into a counselor's office right. um, or like a t retreat for couples. Mm -hmm. Like people might think there's something wrong with them or their marriage. And I've even heard men say something to the fact they didn't think anything was wrong. Her husband, when they went, she did try to go to a, like one of those focus on the family, those retreats. Uh -huh. And he said, well, I don't think we have a problem. And then they left early and she was really disappointed with that. So... Um, I think that Skype's a really great way to get counseling now where you can get two people in their living room to talk to a counselor mm. or you guys, a counselors, face-to-face, -face, but not have to leave your home and walk into an office. Absolutely. We do, we've done that once, and we'd love it. Um, we would love to Skype coach any couple. Yeah, I love that. And you're in your com the comfort of your living room. Yes. You don't have I to just, uh, your comment about she hadn't told him or she she just thought that he would know about it brings up a smile to my face because uh, it was seven years into our marriage. Seven. Seven years in, and we're... And how long have you been married now? 48. Oh, wow. 48. Uh, wow. So we seven worked, in. We worked hard, but it was seven in when um, 
I was so upset with my husband. And we, we grew up in very different families. My family hugged everybody on the street, loved everybody, um, touched. It wasn't a touchy-feely, but it was a warmth and unfriendly. His mom never remembers being hugged as a child. So that shows where but my husband was coming from. So seven years into my marriage, my husband finally said to me, you want a hug? You have to tell me. I don't know when you want a hug. Right. Wow. And I really honestly felt, and that's why I was mad. He's not hugging me. He's supposed to know that I want a hug. Yeah. I mean, literally expressing that and expressing the feeling of, I need you to do this for me because I am feeling And thus. to tell him. And, uh, you know, the vows don't say to have and to hold, to read your mind when you are irritated. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just like crazy time. And I yeah. remember you telling me that. And I remember that, too, when I talked to couples. You know, my, um, my uncle was never told that he was, uh, his mom never said, I love you. And mm -hmm. there was no hugging. It was very cold. And when I say I love you to him, he does not say it back. Mm -hmm. But he tells me how wonderful right. I am. Right. You know, because he did those. He and takes it's it in. Weird to me that people that those words would be difficult for anyone because they just you know like roll off my tongue. But apparently, it's very hard very. for certain people uh, who've been you know raised in certain families you know, to say that. And Robbie, there was one other instance of another friend. Well, I've got like I said, so four. Um, one, he's tried everything, and his wife was unfaithful, and he's tried for years to try to get back on track. And I think he really has earned his way out. Right. Um, another one this morning told me the same thing. He said, "Well." Angie, I just, um, I said, why are you moving? And 25 years into his marriage, they've raised their kids. His wife came to him. He said, I still love my wife. I'm very in love. I do not want a divorce. I asked her, can I do anything? She said, I'm done. I'm just tired of it after 25 mm -hmm. years. And like, tired of what? You know, like he, it's just a mystery to him. You have to let someone know when you're starting to get unhappy mm -hmm. so that maybe you could fix it instead of you years and years later saying how horrible it is. Now, my fourth example I'm very excited about because I gave her your book, Robbie, and you had just given it to me and I read it before it even came out. So it was in my car and she told me she'd start crying. I said, your sparkle's gone. Something's wrong. You're not the same, you know, person that I've known. Um, where's your sparkle? Like you're such a fun, what, what's wrong? And um, I just thought she was like being cold to me. And she said, and she finally told me the lowdown with her husband. So then I got another report about a week later and she said she had talked to him, couldn't believe that in the hard job he does outside hot heat, that he did these things for outdoors for her over the weekend and did something with the kids outdoors in the heat, you know, when, and then um, he had asked her to do um, something as well, which she did. And I don't recall what that was, but she was so happy um, that her, that she communicated with him and he responded. Isn't that a miracle when you tell somebody what you need and what you want and they respond? And it's amazing how many women and men don't ask for what they want. And don't go first. Exactly. We'll Adam, talk about that in a minute. Yeah. They just assume that uh, they're not going to get their needs met mm -hmm. because somewhere in their life, they didn't get their needs met. They got rejected instead. So when they get married, you think, well, this is my best friend. I'll ask. But that can creep in that insecurity and you have little maybe disagreements or whatever. And you start thinking, oh, my spouse, they don't like me either. They're going to reject me too. I'm not going to ask what I need because I'll just get rejection. Mm -hmm. And it builds and builds and builds because of lack of communication. Yeah. And, you know, that whole go first thing, I was like, oh, I just wanted to just curse you, Robbie Yopes, while I was grocery shopping because my husband, when he's stressed, he gets, I think, I think a little bit controlling. And so we had just an argument about something ridiculous. It was like going to soccer practice and we were late. So I said, you know, drop us off like at the front so I can run her up and get her new jersey and all that jive. And, uh, but he saw a good parking spot, but he didn't say anything to me. I'm like, why aren't you dropping me off at front? And he's like, you're so controlling. And I'm thinking, no, you're controlling, <laughs> you know? And so then I got out of the car and he's like, well, I'm leaving. And I'm like, really? You're going to leave? Like, I get no chair for two hours I'm going to sit here with no water no chair no nothing and then I see my son talking to him out in the parking lot and then they, they come up right so they they stayed and uh, then later on in the day um, 
I was at the grocery store and I'm like, I, I kind of wanted to stay out, stay out and go shopping and do other things because he'd kind of gone off and done some things that day. But no, <laughs> I was like, yeah, Robbie says, go first. And I, 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 I sent him a text. I'm like, I'm at the store and I'm going to make your favorite dinner. Blah. And then I'm like, yeah, do you want your blue cheese dressing? And you're like, wow. And then he's like, well, I picked up some. And then he did some things for me. He's a service person. He likes acts of service. Right. So he like picked up something I needed for my computer. And then he picked up something, um, a, a battery I needed for my my key to make my car unlock little simple things but then we were just fine and the kids actually said after that because we don't argue very much Mm -hmm. and um uh, hope said are is he going to leave you Mm-hmm. And I like looked at him talking to some cute blonde, by the way, across the, some one of the moms stopped to talk to him. And I'm like, he's six six, he's pretty cute. Yes. And I was like, I never even thought of it. It's never in my mind. I said, no, honey, for daddy and I, that's never on the table. We yeah. Divorce isn't an option ever. We'll never get divorced. That's just not in our vocabulary. Um, and uh, so then we talked with them later about that, how that's not something that we even consider. Because um, I think a lot of our friends, um, you know, uh, their kids are divorced. But I think the one I felt, like my heart kind of broke for is my friend who's been married for 25 years, who loves his wife, who really wants to make it work. And she just said, you know, unbeknownst to you, I've been done for some time. Mm. That's, and he's I, a it's, Christian. It's the saddest thing in the world. It really is. Heartbroken. Every time a marriage breaks up, it just, it breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. And if they would just stick around, you know, and fight through. Yeah. It usually it gets better. Well, absolutely. You have to work on what you're feeling, what they're feeling, what you need, how to talk. It's a job. And it's a trick to stay married after the kids are gone, too. I think. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, I, I'm, interesting. I'm afraid of that, Michelle. Yeah, That's Noah, Noah well, is a senior. It's a, very, <laughs> it's a very different passage. Now, my husband and I have, have always been in the same occupation. We've always been home at the same time or, you know, we've, we've had that luxury, but I have a very dear friend. That's interesting. I forgot about that. Exactly. Where she literally raised the kids because her husband Ah. worked in a job. He left on Monday morning. He came back on Thursday afternoon. And I think it's more common than you think. Maybe not that, but like one of my friends, her husband's surgeon. So he might get home seven, eight o'clock at night. Sure. She does all the volunteering, all the homework, all the sports. It's all. And then all of a sudden they're gone and he retires. And Mm. so now he's home. And that is a different lifestyle. You need to prepare with each other on that. It is. You know, I think we're doing that right now because of our ministry and we're learning to work together. So we spend a lot of time together. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll be okay. So I guess the reason I just wanted to bring this up is um, you have to actually, if you're really unhappy, tell the other person what is going on and what you need, whether you think they'll respond or not. You can't just like, it can't be a mystery to the other person when you ask for a divorce that they're completely stunned you were unhappy for possibly years. And words are extremely important in how you've voice that. In other words, if I would say to my husband, you never do this. Well, that word never is going to put defense right up in front of him. If he says it to me, I'm automatically defensive. In other words, it's those I need statements. We do it with kids. We do it with loved ones. I need, I feel. I I, I just need to sit down with you for five minutes or I know this is emotional on my part and I cry at Hallmark, you know that and so forth and so forth, but I really need you to hug me. I need this rather than you never hug me. Yeah. Well, he's never that's going a, to hug me. That's way different. You never yeah, hug me. So I, I need more affection and I know that, you know. Put it on you. Yeah. Put it on you in, in that respect. It's uh, it's so difficult to learn that. Sure it is. To learn, no, don't mm-hmm. do never and always. Mm-hmm. To learn to voice your needs. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of courage and many times it takes outside help Mm -hmm. to give you the tools to be able to have those kind of conversations I was I had um, coffee with a a young woman this morning and and she has three kids and her husband is uh, really into marijuana Mm. and uh, she doesn't know what to do because she doesn't want to leave but she doesn't want kids around kids around this stuff. No way. I mean, it's just a horrible situation. And when I asked, well, what have you said to each other? And she's like, well, I've, I've yelled a couple times. He's yelled. That's it. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you don't sit down and really communicate about why you're doing this and know what you can live with. I always tell women who are married to addicts, you need to draw a line. Right. You need to know what you can live with and what you can't. Mm-hmm. And that line is different for everyone. But communication makes it happen. Yeah. 
Yep. All right, I want to go ahead. One more uh, thing, and then we're going to Michelle Ron here, and also Robbie Yopes, and we're going to get into an adoption story, a good news story in a second. But go ahead, good. finish this Rather, up. And then when you say that, I need, and then you can follow up. And I've noticed that I just feel so this when you and I don't talk or when we do this or something right. rather so you're taking half you're taking this upon yourself right you're not humility just, humility not is the word the good point person. good point and it's hard to go first when you feel sure like they've been the one that's a stinker sure my, I, my first 10 years of marriage was like disneyland oh it's fun the rides no weights it's just like <laughs> fast pass and it's a you know a free cotton candy you know, all the you, funnel cakes you could goofy eat. Goofy breakfast. Yeah, goofy, the free goofy breakfast with signatures. I mean, it was easy, and he was easy to be married to. Really? And then with wow. his startup, I mean, he gets oh. way more controlling and angry, likes to get, come, really yell at the kids on the weekend about cleaning and rooms and really get this, get blustery. Like, for instance, I said, you know, hey, um, I'd like to be able, I, I don't really miss church. I really want to try for Saturday churches because he doesn't like going on Sundays as it takes up the whole day. So we can go on Saturday night. And then so one party we've had um, in the last couple of months, he goes, well, then maybe we need to stop, start saying no to some of those parties and say more no to more parties more often then. And I'm like, okay, it's it's one, all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that we could miss church once for a party, but it's been like six weeks, okay? Mm. And it's not acceptable to me. I'm in a bind right now. Mm. And this is the first time I've really been in a situation where somehow he's finagled it or feels comfortable now. If we don't go for a couple of weeks, then the third week it's like, oh, we don't need to go. It's my thing, and I want it to be the kid's thing. Mm-hmm. Well, when, so, you, when, you, when it's time for church, what do you do? Do you say? He's tired, and I don't know. Do I just go alone? You yes, know, okay. I did for 25 okay. years. All yes. right. 25 did. years I took the kids really? alone. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Bob right. doesn't miss now at all. Doesn't oh, really? Miss now. Nope. God, well, God's you in know, charge. your family will come home and be excited and happy. And oh, whatever. the kids love it. And mm-hmm. he will miss that. All right. Okay. Hopefully. Yeah. I think he'll want to go with us because it's fun. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a really fun church. The kids like beg us to go. Well, you, you know? make that right. decision. All right. Well, well, as long as there aren't any parties, you're not planning on any parties again. <laughs> you know, maybe we need to say no to a few of those. We could make it to church. And I'm like, one time in like two months. Okay. <laughs> All right. So with that said, Disneyland's over, but I'm working my way through the tougher years. And, you know, it's not that bad. I can see that when you put the work in, it, it quickly gets better. So rewarding. It yeah. is so rewarding to see a marriage after an affair, like a few years after an affair. There's been none of that. Thank yes, goodness. well, a few years after really having, having yeah. tough problems, like a, new, a financial new job yeah. Yeah. or a baby or a sickness. Right. Yeah. About five years afterwards, oh, it's it's better than Disneyland. Really? All right. They, they did the Disney work. World. Yeah, with Animal Kingdom and uh, exactly. Hollywood Studios <laughs> and uh, the water parks. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready for that. All right. I want the fast passes. Okay. Let's uh, the fast pass to paradise. All right. Let's uh, um, talk about this adoption story. And Robbie, I don't know if we're going to have, I'm almost tempted to save these for the next time we're together, which is tomorrow, right? Aren't they coming in tomorrow? Right. Tomorrow. Yeah, they are. I, I'm going to save them because there's two stories that go along with the adoption story. Cool. All right. All right, so what do we, we've got three minutes, so let's just pick our favorite topic off the top of our heads. Uh, mine is going to be um, sports, and the Ooh. kids are back in all their sports, and I think parents need to take a chill pill. If a kid is eight, they really don't need to scream, and we're in one organization called I-9, where they specifically say you're not allowed to yell at the um, referees Good. or the coaches, because this isn't competitive. We're really just teaching them the skills of the game and how to be part of a team and good sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, because we were at a softball game over the um, summer just a few weeks back. And uh, some of the parents were really getting nasty. Uh, My daughter, Hope, was eight at the time. You'll see that happen. Yeah, I'm like, really? Eight? Mm-hmm. You know, and then you're saying it's these ridiculous. things. Ridiculous. Yeah. Anything else? Anything else? So when you, when you go to these other sporting events, do the other kids come to watch the one child that's participating? Oh, all the kids Good. come. And Ours what happens when when uh, Faith has soccer practice and then a game? So Riley mm-hmm. works on pitching with Dad during her mm-hmm. practice, and we all go. And if they try to stay home, I'm like, nope, we're a family. Right. We all go. We all go and cheer each other on. And then they go to the other end of the pool and they cheer on their sibling if they want to goof off with their friends. I'm like, your sister's in the pool. You know, she's racing next. As long next, as go they're playing, cheer as her long on. as they're doing it, we, yeah. they watch, right? And, you know, swimming's different. It's really interesting. Right. It's so it's like golf. It's a little more civilized. Like, you don't have parents drawing right. and yelling horrible things at swimming. Because there's, there's no well, umpire. Well, right. exactly. I think that's right. And 
the sport itself, you're proving what you can do by your actions. I mean, it's yeah. clear. Oh, it's and clear there. By, by the way, I just want to tell you that one of my son got a teacher that is so excited about teaching that my son is so excited about learning now. Good. And he told me he's not boring like Mr. So-and-so. And I'm like, Amazing, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Surprising what energy can do, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. and this teacher is so into it. He's so enthusiastic. Good. And it, mm-hmm. it's infectious for my son. It is. And then um, my son had the one boy that kind of rebroke his collarbone. Yeah. You know, right. it wasn't quite rebroken, but mm-hmm. it, he had some more damage there. That kid's actually in his class. Had, they haven't had a single problem. Good. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. When I saw the kid on the class list, I was like, oh, oh no. no, not the collarbone breaker. <laughs> you know, but um, not a <laughs> single problem. All right, Robbie Yopes, your marriage ministry. Caughtinhisarms.com. And the book's there, too. And uh, Michelle? MichelleAron.com. Excellent. Thank we'll right you. Back. Make a great choice. Make a great choice today. The good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hey, it's Angie Austin. I'm here with my friend Francis Owens with ARC. And Francis, you and I have been friends a long time, and you and I both wanted to do something with our lives, with our careers that made a difference. I love ARC. I've gotten to know so many of the differently abled ambassadors through you. And it's shopping with a purpose. So when we shop there, the money actually goes to help the disabled community locally. And you need donations. We need donations all the time, and we are very, very happy to come pick them up. You can easily call 303-238. Jane, which is 303-238-5263. We would love to come pick up anything. All of our sales go to help people with disabilities around the state. We raise funds for advocacy. Love it. And you can also, of course, drop things off, but they'll come and pick things up for free. And again, all the money stays locally to help the disabled community. And I love to shop there because I find great deals. You can find out more info as well at arcthrift.org. Thank you. Perfect. Yay. Hey, it's Angie Austin. Do you want to lose weight, have more energy, sleep better, just feel better, live longer, not get sick? Yeah, me too. So a little over a year ago, my family started working with Dr. Joe, and he has helped us so much, especially with my mom. She's now walking again. Uh, she uses a cane, but she wears a pedometer as well, Dr. Joe. And every Saturday, you offer for all of us. We can come to your office, have a free workout, or just watch the workout and come and ask you questions and meet you. It costs them nothing, no obligation. I just want people to get to know you and your passion for health. Science says the key to sleeping better, the key to depression, the key to losing weight and balancing hormones is exercise. But not a lot of it, just 6 to 12 minutes a day. And so whether I'm working with Olympic athletes or professional athletes or mommies and daddies, people in their 50s, 60s, even 70s, on these workouts on Saturday at 8.30, man, we have a great time. And it literally is a 12-minute workout. It's all it is. And it's easy stuff to do. You work at your own pace and you get amazing results. Yes, yeah, so come to North Glen. Saturdays, it's free. How do they reach you, Dr. Joe? Call my cell phone, 303-349-6011. Again, 303-349-6011. The summer fun continues in the majestic mountains at YMC of the Rockies in Estes Park and Snow Mountain Ranch. Some time away is just what you need to relax and rejuvenate. Both locations offer so many activities, it's difficult to list them all. From guided hikes and archery to campfires and climbing wall, there's something for everyone at YMCA of the Rockies. This summer is still on your mind, but it's never too early to start planning your family reunion for next year. For more information and to plan your visit, go to ymcarockies.org. Let Five Star Talent and Entertainment be your guide to what's going on in the Front Range. Music on the Patio at the Briarwood Inn will feature Kaya Kenna on the 24th and Derek Evilsizer on the 31st. Bass will rock out at the Streets at South Glen during the Dancing in the Streets concert series on the 24th. And see Face again at Westminster Concert in the Park on the 26th. Wash Park will hit the stage at Concerts in the Square at the Orchard Town Center on the 27th. The Lakewood Cultural Center continues their run of Together the Musical with performances nightly from the 20th to the 28th. Join us for rugby at Infinity Park on the 25th through the 28th. Join us for the annual Rocky Mountain MS Center Gala on September 10th. Tickets are still available. On September 8th, Terry Fisher goes over the edge for the Cancer League of Colorado for the third time. Go to 5starx.com or to the 5 Star Facebook page to learn how you can help her reach her goal. Your generous donations, support, and cheers are appreciated. For more details on these events, check out 5starx.com, the number 5starx.com. Or call Terry Fisher at 303 635 1210. Well, we interviewed this wonderful author just a short time ago, and I had to have her back because. 
The other book she wrote, my aunt gave to me and my mom. Maybe a little bit of a hint. I received it in the mail, opened up the package, and it said 30 Days to Taming Your Tongue by Deborah Smith Pigay. And so then when you said that you wrote the book, Deborah, I thought we have got to have you on the air again. <laughs> Good afternoon. How are you? I am well. So, you know, it's interesting because I'll be honest with you, Grand Grand, my mom who lives with us, she has such a tongue with the grandkids. And so I had talked to my aunt and like, what do I do? Like, there's a sense of unforgiveness in her from her past and it comes out in rage on my children. And I've told her, I'm like, we cannot teach them to be good Christian kids if there's such rage and hatred in your voice. And so my aunt sent this to both of us. And so my mom's like, oh, she sent it to you too. And I'm like, well, I think I'm sure we both need to work on it, but I have a reason. I have a feeling I know the reason she sent it. So what, why did you write 30 Days to Taming the Tongue? Because I I've actually wrote it as a project for myself because I had used my tongue in a way that wasn't wise. And I decided that I was going to go on, I was going to go on a verbal fast. And that's what the book is. It's a, it's a, it's a period of verbal abstinence from negativity. So I just decided that I was going to do that for myself. I didn't know it would resonate with the world the way it has. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much why I wrote it. Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. And we can bring life with our tongue or we cannot bring life. So I just decided, for me, I want to add value to people's lives with my words. Oh, I love that. I love the song by Toby Mac, Speak Life. And it's so, I show it to my kids because it shows them how your words can hurt people. And they show a little boy actually in like the circle of chalk that they put around mm-hmm. someone who's died. And my kids said, did you die? Did he die? I said, no, they're showing us how painful, how the words are killing him on the inside and that the yeah. bullying and the words, they hurt him so badly that it's like he's dying inside. So Absolutely. let's talk about... Um, you know, how we go about taming our tongue, because I'll be honest with you, when you when you get fired up, I'd say 10 times of me getting like poked by the bear, the kids at home, you know, really homework, and he touched my spoon, and that's my bowl, and he ate my last Cheerio, he's eating my tricks, you know, I that I'll yell, and I don't want to yell, because I know that calm is contagious, so how do we tame our tongue? Well, you got to get intentional and understand, first of all, the, that no man can tame the tongue on, in his own strength. So you're going to have to have some help. Now, I had a great mentor who said, you got to stop thinking, pray before you speak. She said, because you have the power to demolish people with your words. And words are like a hammer. So you're going to build or you're going to tear down. So I, you get intentional. And I don't want to sound like a walking Bible, but there is a scripture that says, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. And anytime you're cutting someone up or even just being negative in any way, then that's it. That's that. Then you know. Okay, I need to stop and take heat. And in the book, I have thirty negative uses of the tongue that you refrain from, and that's the whole thing is to make it very practical. So for thirty days, there are thirty things you couldn't do, and uh, or that you want to be sensitive to your uh, your propensity to to speak in this regard. And one of the one is just complaining. Oh yeah. So I that that's like one of the biggest complaining. And so I put people on a twenty-four hour complaining fast. For 24 hours. <laughs> I love that. A fast from complaining. I would like to give that fast to several people I know, including myself. But I love that, to fast from complaining. Right. You'd be surprised how effective it is. Just for you personally, because we were going to Hawaii and I said, okay, I'm on, I'm on a 24-hour complaining fast. Well, before we even got to the airport, I was complaining about the traffic. And it really sensitizes you to your tendency to be negative. And so for each day, then I'll have, uh, a, a, you know, a charge for that day. What negativity are you going to refrain from? And what scripture will you stand on to do that? So for that complaining fast, I have Psalms 142 and 1. And it says, I cry aloud with my voice to the Lord. I pour out my complaints before him, which means I'm not telling everybody else. If I'm going to complain, I'm just going to complain to God. And I always tell people, just complain to the person who can do something about it. That's so a that's good just point. one of them. Yeah. And then the other one is not being critical. It's oh, like, very okay, good. stop being critical. Stop critiquing people's behavior because it really demoralizes people when you're critical. And it certainly doesn't endear them to want to be with you. No, no, <laughs> not at all. And I I had an expert tell me recently in the uh, psychology field, I said, you know, hey, I've been talking to my husband because he's kind of critical of my son. And uh, 
I said, I told him that for every criticism, he really needs to give him an attaboy, like a kudos. And he said, oh, no, it's more like five to one. Five encouragements for one uh, uh, criticism wow. to rebuild back up your self-esteem because the criticism stinks so much and stays with them. And I think there's a way to criticize. Uh, I, I would say it's not even criticize. There's a way to um, critique your child's uh, performance in school or um, you know uh, in, in terms of sports in a way that's not so um, the hammer taking them down, as you put it. Exactly, but some people think that being critical like that is encouraging and motivating. Oh, yeah, it's it helps. Not, you know. Helps them. <laughs> you know, it's like crazy or way to go, Einstein, which means like you're really being dumb here. That's not the way to do it. Listen, you really do catch more bees with honey. And Absolutely. With so I just make it, a, I'm very intentional in making sure I speak those kind of words, and especially to a man. I want oh, to tell yeah. the women that, especially to a man. They need to be validated, appreciated. So if I'm going to give my husband a criticism, it's usually in the form of a question. And I'll say, can you explain me what you meant by that? And when you did that, can you explain me where you were going with that? Can you explain your rationale for me? I don't say, why in the world? <laughs> because right. that little thing itself implies that everybody else knows better to do this than you. So you're stupid. <laughs> yeah, I think we have to, like you said, really think before we speak, uh, you know, take a breath and really think of how to word something. And I love your idea of a question, you know, what did you mean by that? How did you mean for me to take that? So we've right. talked about um, some of the um, the complaint fasting, uh, criticism, fasting from criticism, um, lying, I know, is in your book. That yes, I was about to say that. The lying is a big one. I, I start the book out with that one. Because lying, a lot of people think, well, I don't tell the big stuff. I just tell the little lies. But lies, they're really about four forms of lying. You can be out and out deceitful, or you can tell half the truth, which I used to be a master at. I would oh. tell half the truth, and I'd say, well, the half I told was true. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> but, but the intent was to deceive. For I instance, see. I live in Los Angeles and I would rush into a meeting late because I haven't allowed enough time. And I'd sit down and I'd say, ah, traffic. Now, see, I didn't say I was in traffic. I implied. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Any intent to deceive is a lie. And then there are pe people who just exaggerate. That's a form of lying. Stretching the truth, exaggerating is a form of lying. And then flattering, just an insincere compliment to ingratiate yourself with somebody. And a lot of times we don't even realize we're doing it. But when, if you read this book, you will. No <laughs> because kidding. Because it's going to sensitize you to, to not to be uh, doing those kinds of things. All right. And then, of right. course, uh, there's, there's being judgmental. That's a, that's a big one in our culture. Huge. You know, and these yeah. aren't even ones we think about, about taming the tongue. Here, when I, you know, first saw the title of the book, I thought it just means to not uh, react in anger and say things you don't mean. But really, it's everyday life. It's that uh, being judgmental or... Um, you mentioned yeah. gossip in the book that a lot of us will be like and, and say like, oh, and you know, pray for her after you gossip yeah. about them. Like somehow it's Christian now because you said pray for her after you gossiped about her. <laughs> and you got to really watch that gossiping thing because it tells you a lot about yourself when you want to be the first one to tell some choice little morsels about somebody else's business. That's, a, that's an attempt to get attention. And, you know, if you just really look in the mirror and say, why do I want to be a carrier of this kind of news? What, is it making me look better to other people? And just know you reap what you sow. So you just got to watch it that when you talk about somebody, ask yourself, would I say this if this person were present? Yes. If you wouldn't say the person were present, that's a good chance you shouldn't say that. I agree. Same thing with emails. It's your tongue yeah. and email form. You know, you're speaking it through an email. Do not put anything in that email you would not want the person to see. Do not do that. It will Absolutely. end in disaster. Absolutely. Yes. What and about to to your issue? Uh -huh, go on. What about the indiscreet tongue? Does that go into the gossip tongue? What What exactly do you mean by the indiscreet tongue? Not using wisdom in what you say. Not using discretion. In fact, that was the reason. I believe it or not, that was the reason I wrote the book. Interesting. <laughs> I, someone had told me something. She didn't say it was a secret, but I didn't use wisdom in sharing it with the person she had told it to. I was trying to rescue a friend from an incompetent worker, and she said. And I, so I sent a message that that worker needed to tighten up her act. Well, that was just not being discreet because she didn't ask me to share that. But I thought if I just kind of planted the seed in the worker, she would tighten it up. I was trying to help my friend, but it backfired. So a lot of times we have to use discretion in what we say. And, and, and there are scriptures for that. In fact, Proverbs 2.11 says, discretion will protect you. 
and understanding will guard you. So we just got to say, is, does this make sense? Does it add value to somebody's life? Well, and I, I love that example because really a lot of us do it just like you did. We're, we're like, oh, well, we know better. We know this person. We can talk to them. We can say something mm-hmm. that'll end this problem. And we, we, put, we put ourselves in the middle um, with the in, in, uh, indiscreet tongue and we get mm-hmm. involved in something we don't need to. Another one I think that would probably uh, be in a similar arena is the uh, retaliating tongue, you know, trying to uh, say something in an argument or even behind someone back to get back at them, to let something slip that you know will harm them, uh, that yeah. maybe even you've known for a while, but all of a sudden you're angry, so you're going to let it out, or letting information um, be disclosed that you know they probably would not want out in the world, but like you said, yeah, maybe they didn't say it was a yeah, secret. Right. It's and in arguments, people do it all the time. Mm-hmm. They'll say, oh, well, yeah. everybody thinks you're this way. Everybody's saying that you're that. Everybody. Yeah, that's meant to hurt. And, and when you look at that word retaliating, it means to return the punishment. So if someone says something and you you want to return the punishment, well, you didn't do that. It's, it's not accomplishing a goal of trying to get a better relationship. You're just trying to inflict pain. And most of us, when we're in arguments with people, we're not really listening. We are loading our guns so that <laughs> we'll have our ammunition ready when they finish talking. I always tell everybody, if you're in an argument, Count three seconds before you respond. Let the person finish speaking and then just silently say one, two, three. Because first of all, you will resolve the issue much faster if that person thinks he's been heard. And that silence, the same letters that spell silent, by the way, spell listen, that silence will cause that person to believe that you are really listening, even if you aren't. (laughs) Interesting. But, uh, you know, there's another way that silence is used. Uh, that I think is interesting, and I've always thought this is something I'm very aware of, especially because I worked in newsrooms so many years, TV newsrooms. If there's a conversation going on that you don't agree with and they're gossiping about someone and you stand there, your silence makes them think you agree. Yes, yes. And, and, and because sometimes we don't have the courage to say, I don't share that opinion. You see, mm-hmm. we, can, we can learn how to, how to disagree without being disagreeable. And so a lot of times I'll just say, I don't, I don't, I don't share that. Or if somebody's gossiping, let's say, about a movie star or someone, I was in a beauty shop and someone said, what do you think about Oprah and Stegman? And I just very gently said, I, I don't know them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just said, I don't know them. But silence also, is we use it as a weapon. And, and that's the last use of the negative tongue oh. I, I talk about in the book, the silent tongue, and where we just go silent. We give people the silent treatment when we should be communicating, but we use the silence as a weapon. And I'm challenging people, you know, listen, say what you need to say. Tell someone your behavior has had a negative impact on me, and I really need it to stop. Well, I need you not to do this, rather than just being silent. And a lot of times we do that, and the person doesn't even know why you're being silent. So that's not a mature way to handle that. You want to make sure that if someone is is upsetting you, that you say it in a very non-threatening way, that I was hurt by that. I have to say that I think the silence is a very, you you said um, it it lacks maturity. It's a very insecure way to, quote unquote, punish someone. I think it's also a way that controlling people use to control our behavior. And so I have someone in my life, if I do something she doesn't like, she'll stop talking to me. And it's a family member. So if they stop talking to you for a year, (laughs) it can, um, (laughs) you know, throw a wrench in family relations. And so it's a way to get uh, to get control sometimes over you to get you to do what they want you to do. I call it just emotional blackmail. And then yeah. you're fearful to speak your mind uh, around them because you're afraid of that retaliation again. You don't want that to happen again. And so um, yeah. you drop your boundaries and let them maybe walk all over you because you're afraid they're going to do it again. And it is a form of, of kind of a cruel form of control. Absolutely. And that's why it's incumbent upon you not to cater to that. That person knows that they know that's a le- that's a leverage against you. So if you just, you know, oh, OK, I'll cater to you. Just just don't alienate me. Well, just, you know, if they decide not to speak, fine. You know, there are seven billion people in the world. Just, you know, you really don't have to be connected to that one person all the time. And if you're just joining us again, 30 Days to Taming Your Tongue, What You Say and Don't Say Will Improve Your Relationship, uh, Deborah Smith-Begay. Um, all right, let's 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 go, Deborah, to the issue that I think the book was sent to our family uh, to solve, um, just reacting in anger. I, I, 
I did not grow up with a mom who was angry and mean and said mean things or filled with rage. She was very loving, and I'd love for my children to see that that the mother that I grew up with. But mm-hmm. if they put their socks in the wrong place or they um, mildly, yeah. as she thinks, uh, talk back, the rage that comes out is so inappropriate. I can't even tell you, and I don't know what to do. And so, and even in myself, if I I, I am known to yell. Um, when the kids push my button. So how do we handle um, taming the tongue when it comes to like the anger and then saying things or using a tone that we wouldn't like to use? Well, first of all, you, you get intentional. You, you become aware of when you do that. And whenever you do it, you apologize and realize you're, you're bringing much too, too much firepower to that fight. <laughs> It's yeah, just, it's just too much to get all excited, and so you 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 get scriptures like a soft answer turns away wrath, and you can say I'm I'm a person I open my mouth with wisdom. There are so many scriptures that speak to how we should use our tongue in those kinds of situations, but one of them is in Proverbs 31, and it it talks about this ideal woman. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. So you say, that's who I am. I'm a woman who opens my mouth with wisdom, and on my tongue is the law of kindness. You begin to declare that about yourself so that, you, you know, you, you, you'll have what you say and you believe what you say. Say it out loud to yourself that I am a woman of kindness. I use my words kindly. And so, and if you see your children doing that, you just stop them because sometimes people aren't aware of how they are screaming at people, even even in an email where someone uses a, an exclamation uh, point, you know, after something. I asked my husband yesterday, why are you yelling at the publisher for not sending the books on time? He said, oh, I used the wrong punctuation mark. No, no, no. On the keyboard, that's above the letter. That's above one. There's no punctuation marks up there. <laughs> you intentionally oh. yelled at the person. So oh, become aware. Become aware of it and then decide. You say, God, help me. You know, apart from God, we can do nothing. But once you listen to yourself, stop thinking, pray before you respond. And don't tolerate that from the ch- your children. You know, teach them to say, wait a minute, let's, let's see how we could have said that differently. Yeah. Let's try that again. Yeah. Stop them and say, hey, let's try that again. Let me hear how you could have said that differently because I know you can. You know, always express hope. I know you can. I know you have it within you to do that. Let's see how we can say that differently. And you can do it with a, an adult or a child. Yeah. Well, I and I, I'll come all the time. Mm-hmm. I'll come in between my mom and the kids in some ridiculous argument and the other day it was over vitamins that Faith who's 6 gave hope to yellows. But that's her trick cuz Faith doesn't like yellows, so she gives the yellow gummy vitamins to her brother and sister cuz she doesn't want them. So then Hope says she doesn't want the yellows cuz no one in the family likes the yellows and Faith's <laughs> trying to trick her. So my mom all of a sudden is in this and she is screaming her head off with rage at Hope for not taking the vitamins. And so I came in, I said, well, how could we solve this, you know, horrific vitamin dilemma more calmly? Could Hope just pick out her own vitamins and we put the yellow back? Would that be an easy solution? So I'm always trying to talk to them about problem solving, that it isn't that difficult to solve some of these problems. Yes, and tell them how, and especially your mother, she needs to know that physically she's killing herself with using all of that extra adrenaline for something so small. And you can say, listen, don't even increase your heart rate so much. We only get so many heartbeats in a lifetime. Why use up 10 or 20, 30 extra ones just on something so minor? Let's so just true. save it for the big stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I know that it um, shortens your life to have that kind of anger kind of pent up inside. And, you know, I've been told that sometimes when you have, you know, issues in your past or bitterness, unforgiveness, that it oozes out on the wrong people because you couldn't maybe stand up to the people you're so angry with, but mm-hmm. it can ooze out on the helpless people like the waitress, the the waiter, the janitor, uh, the people at t- uh, t- uh, TSA when you're going through. I'm just thinking of examples when oh, my mom's yeah. been mean to someone and I'm like, mom. These are the service people that take care of us. These are not appropriate people to take anger out on because they're not the decision makers. If you're upset with something, they're not the ones that are at fault. And so they just Mm -hmm. have to sit and take it. And I think it's really cruel to do that to someone like a grandchild or someone in a defenseless position like a service worker. Right. And you, and you could say who in your life, you know, really enraged you, but you didn't, you know, you weren't able to confront them or you chose not to. Because, you know, she needs to get to the root of that because a lot of angry people are angry with themselves that they tolerated madness for so long. And now they're not going to tolerate it from anybody. 
even the oh, people who are not even direct. You see what I'm saying? Yes. My, my mother had Alzheimer's when she had dementia, but in her latter days, I heard her talking to the air, to the atmosphere, and she would be talking about the women that my father had had affairs with, and she would be cursing them out, and my mother never cursed. She never cursed. But she would talk about, I'm going to kick your da-da-da. And I thought, you know what? Those are things that she wished she had said back then. She wished she had pushed back. But she had chosen not to. And now, you know, really that, listen, if you don't handle that kind of stuff right, studies show that it changes the chemistry in your your brain. And it it will cause you to get an imbalance. It's like, so deal with this properly. Don't ex- don't use all that extra adrenaline on something so minor. And oh. get to the root of it. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm telling you, we want you back. Deborah Smith-Begay, 30 Days to Taming Your Tongue. Your website, Deborah? Confrontingissues.com. Excellent. Thanks. We'll have you back. Thank you so much, Angie. Have a great day. Your next shopping trip could change the lives of some very special people right here in Colorado. When you shop at ARC Thrift Stores, you'll not only save money, but you'll also give back to our community by helping people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, just like these ARC ambassadors. A lot of people, they have misconceptions about people with disabilities. A lot of them think that we can't do things that other people can do, and that's just not true. We can do what other people can do. It may take us a little bit more time to do it, but we can. We're just like any other human being. We have feelings and we have emotions, and if given the chance, we can shop. And I think that ARC has done a very good job at showing that. I like it there, and it helps me out to learn about reading off the labels and stuff. I like helping out different people, a lot of different people I help out. Find the ARC store near you at arcthrift.org. It's nonprofit, and it's a great company to work for and a great place to shop. And remember, every Saturday, you get 50% off most items in the store. Let five-star talent and entertainment be your guide to what's going on in the front range. Music on the Patio at the Briarwood Inn will feature Kaya Kenna on the 24th and Derek Evilsizer on the 31st. Face will rock out at the Streets at South Glen during the Dancing in the Streets concert series on the 24th. And see Face again at Westminster Concert in the Park on the 26th. Wash Park will hit the stage at Concerts in the Square at the Orchard Town Center on the 27th. The Lakewood Cultural Center continues their run of Together the Musical with performances nightly from the 20th to the 28th. Join us for rugby at Infinity Park on the 25th through the 28th. Join us for the annual Rocky Mountain MS Center Gala on September 10th. Tickets are still available. On September 8th, Terry Fisher goes over the edge for the Cancer League of Colorado for the third time. Go to 5starax.com or to the 5 Star Facebook page to learn how you can help her reach her goal. Your generous donations, support, and cheers are appreciated. For more details on these events, check out 5starax.com, the number 5starax.com. Or call Terry Fisher at 303-635-1210. When going to a chiropractor, you may be thinking that they won't be able to help you for the long term. However, Dr. Joe Arve at Maximize Living will change your mind. The moment you meet him, you will find that he is your best friend. He treats you like you are part of his family, and he truly cares about you and your health. He is very knowledgeable about long-term health and wellness. Through the use of spinal correction, he helps you discover what it takes to be a healthier you and will help you feel better even after your first adjustment. He will also share with you the essentials to healthy living so you can take your health back. No matter what stage of life you're in, he will help you develop a plan to achieve the goals you set. Get ready to make a positive change in your life. Give him a call at 303-457-8080, 303-457-8080, or spinegeek.com. Maximized living, adjustments for life. Welcome back to the good news. We have a repeat, two repeat guests, Joan DiMaria. She's the CEO of the Arapahoe County Douglas uh, Mental Health Network and also uh, Shelly Rule with the Chris Rule Foundation. And Shelly, you talked to us last time about your brother taking his life and how now you have this passion 
uh, for helping others. And I want to talk with both of you about your passion for getting rid of the stigma associated with mental illness. And then we have some specific information and numbers to offer as well. So this has become a passion for you since your brother took his life in 2012. Yes, we would just like to be able to let people know that there are resources out there and to be educated around that space, maybe be uh, a better support system for those in your family suffering and get them to places like the Arapahoe-Douglas Mental Health Network that Joan Maria really runs. And Joan, I want to throw it out there that if people are embarrassed, when they come to you, there's no announcement. It's not in the paper. No one puts it on a commercial. When they come to you, it's quiet. So if they don't want to tell their family and they just want to look into it. And the other thing I don't understand is everyone you're going to talk to who helps people with mental health issues, that's all they do every day. So you're not unusual to them. You're just another person seeking help. Right. Help. It's health care. It's like going to the doctor when you have, you know, a, a broken arm or you have cancer yes. or diabetes, and this is just a different part of your body. So we have professionals that are available. Uh, when people are in crisis, if they need something urgently, we have now in Colorado, uh, a Colorado state crisis phone number that people can call that will connect them to local resources as well and that's run by Rocky Mountain Crisis Partners and that number is 1-844-493-8255 and when you call them they have professional people that will answer the phone and that will spend some time with you but also direct you to your local mental health center no matter where you are around the state and and it's critical last last year in Colorado we had 1058 suicides which number. is the highest number we've ever had and that that is what drives me is we've got to get that number going in the other direction uh, we're the seventh highest rate of suicide in the country now and that's simply not acceptable that surprises me it, it does me too and it makes me very sad and very determined that we're going to turn that around um, one of the initiatives that's coming to Colorado is called Zero Suicide. And that's an initiative that was started uh, a couple years ago with the National Suicide Prevention uh, Strategy Workgroup. And it is about for people that are in healthcare systems already and healthcare, uh, seeing a healthcare provider, that it, it is both a concept and practice. They use evidence-based practices. And people that have participated in their healthcare system have decreased suicide by 75 to 80 percent. That's a lot. So it it really is effective. It works. Uh, There's legislation that is uh, being sponsored by Senator Linda Newell that is going to hopefully bring that to all healthcare systems in Colorado. We have a Zero Suicide Academy that's going to be starting in June here too. So it's something that we're all working very hard to bring here so that we can really start making an impact on those numbers. Numbers. It's Get really help important. Make that call. Right. What's the, obviously, we understand why Shelley has a passion for helping people having lost her brother. And as she previously uh, mentioned, that there was really no sign that outwardly he had everything that the world would say would make you happy. And so that was a real surprise. Uh, unlike the mental illness of my own family, that was so obvious that, you know, there were actually. Um, not non-voluntary uh, situations right. where he was put into a facility at times during his life. So let's talk a little bit about, we've got about a minute left, your passion for why you are so fueled to do this to help others. I have a brother-in-law that has schizophrenia, so I'm also a family member as well as a professional. And I've been working in the field for 35 years. And over those years, I've lost many, many people that I care about right. very much. So that's what drives me. Let's give that number again. The number is 1-844-493-8255. And again, also the Chris Rule Foundation. Thank you, Shelley, as well for coming in. And uh, Joan, thank you for the additional info. Thank you, Thank Angie. you. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.